Welcome to Co-Creation Station with Colin and Stephanie, a podcast about the law of attraction, the art of allowing, spiritual magic, and how to enjoy this strange and miraculous journey we call life. Thanks so much for tuning in. Now here are your hosts, Colin and Stephanie. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Co-Creation Station, the podcast where we talk about the law of attraction, the art of allowing, spiritual magic, the mind-body-spirit connection, and how to best enjoy this mystical, miraculous, mysterious, crazy, sometimes confounding, but always incredible journey we call life. I, uh, I took a breath there in the middle because on last week's episode, I didn't take a breath, and I almost like passed out. I'm trying to say the whole thing about taking a breath. Anyway, my name is Colin. I'm located in beautiful, sunny North Hollywood, California. Thank you for not passing out, my friend. <laughs> Taking good care of yourself. My name is Stephanie Orlina. I am a transformational life coach, and I am come from San Diego, California. Uh, thank you so much for listening to our audio version or watching the video version on YouTube. Uh, we often mention Abraham Hicks and Esther Hicks. If you're not familiar with those names, Esther is a speaker and author who channels Abraham. Abraham is described as a group of entities from beyond our physical world who share their wisdom by speaking through Esther at workshops and speaking opportunities around the world. You can search for Esther Hicks or Abraham Hicks on Google or YouTube uh, and find more information, or you can find more at, at uh, their website, abraham-hicks.com. I should say that on this uh, podcast, Stephanie and I are showing, sharing our own opinions. We're not affiliated with Esther Hicks or Abraham. In, uh, we are just big fans. Um, each week we start our discussion from a different jumping off point, and uh, this week, uh, Stephanie, you had our jumping off points. So I'll turn it over to you. Yeah, this whole thing, like, it's done. Just because you can't see it, it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. Yet, the only reason we're not living it, the only reason I'm not living it, is because I'm talking about it not being here. Like, what the heck? What are we doing? <laughs> It's a bad habit. Is that, well, I guess what I want to say, I, I agree. And I, you know, what, what you just said has been true in my life since I've been, since I've been aware of it, so I can actually observe it happening. But I also feel like there are times where, um, like I have a good, I have a really good feeling vibration and I have, I'm in the process of manifesting something to come from my vortex into manifested reality in my life, but it's just that it's not here yet. Um, so it doesn't mean that I have to, at that point, it doesn't mean like, Oh, my vibration isn't high enough. Um, I have to get it even higher to have it come. It's like, I can have a good vibration. It's just like, it's going to show up at the perfect time. The flip side of that is if I, spend all my energy being like why don't i have a new car yet why don't i have a new car yet why am i not making enough money you know that will push it out does that make sense yeah it does and i okay. thank you because you're absolutely right and i did that the other day when i was talking to my daughter i brought up a subject and instead of talking about what i do want i got went on and on about why yeah why i want it and my resistant thoughts around not having it yet and I got off the phone with her and I was like what did I just do like don't do that stuff <clears throat> and um and sometimes I just need to not talk about it if that's the best I can do just don't say anything yeah. um because even if I was to talk about what I do want there's a part of me that has doubt about like how 
like I think I'm more the how person like I want to know how I think that's the controlling part of me versus I probably have some deservingness you know we talked about this last week in last episode about well what if you don't feel deserving of it like can you still attract it or whatever and there may be some not deserving of it underneath that but it's always my head always goes to well how like just because you know I don't know how well how how can that happen I'm like man girl I have a I have a thousand stories of how I got something and I didn't know how it was going to happen yet it still happened did you you told me this story several times uh, about it was several years ago I believe you were uh living in San Diego as you do now and you won a trip to the Chinese theater in Hollywood here in LA <laughs> and got to go to this movie premiere so you've told me the story a bunch of times I'm wondering did you do you now look back because was that before you were really aware of like the law of attraction and oh yeah I had no idea I was in my 20s had no idea so, oh, so it was a long time ago it was a very long time ago <laughs> um, smart so ass smart I, ass I, I hate age jokes i don't know why i did that yeah no i had no idea but i will say i remember um i would have times of being really really happy yeah and like cool stuff happened. I remember I was super happy. I was going to go to my, at the time, sister-in-law and brother-in-law's house. And I would, had gone grocery shopping and I was just in this really great mood. And I, I get home. I didn't have my purse. I left my purse in the shopping cart. And I was like, oh my God. And shortly thereafter, this man called me and he's like, I have your wallet. I have your, I'm like, oh, and I had I had a considerable amount of money in my wallet and he, he brought it to me and everything was in my purse. Everything was in my wallet. And I, and even though I did this silly thing, um, the outcome was great. Like this, you know, this man, you know, got to be of service to me. I got to experience that there are very honest people in the world. I got to have my purse back, you know? And so, um, that's so the law of attraction, right? Yeah. Um, I didn't, I think about it now, like, oh yeah, there were times where I had really good vibrations. And I, like, I remember I was, I, I've been in love with Stevie Wonder for years. And um, when I was working for the postal service, there was one of my customers and everybody was a buzz when I went to go drop the mail off. I'm like, what's going on? Why is everybody like, and she's like, Stevie Wonder's coming today at, you know, whatever, four o'clock. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, oh my God, I love Stevie Wonder. And I went home, I got off work, went home, told my then um, husband, like, we need to go. And I picked up Angel. She was like three or four at the time. And we went and he was an hour or so late. It was at this huge park near this um, office building and waited. And I saw him from the distance, but I heard him. He sang My Shetty Amour, which is one of my favorite songs of his. And um, so, you know, just... I'm going to cry. Like, I think there's been so many times in my life when I've been in those good feeling places, or I don't know, my vibration was such that I allowed really cool stuff in. That's a wonderful story. Um, <laughs> I, you made me think of something. This is, I mean, I'm, that's a really great story, honestly. Um, 
but it made me think of something that's it's a similar story but it's completely off the topic of stevie wonder and everything but um this was a negative i thought was a negative experience that i had attracted there was one time i was living in new york city and um, i had my iphone out and at the time i had a texas hold'em poker game app on my phone and i was transferring from one subway line to another so i got off the train that i was on and then i went to another part of the station to catch the other lines train and i sat down on this bench and um i uh had my phone out and i was playing this game and i you know kind of stupidly in hindsight um it was it wasn't super late at night, but it was nighttime. There weren't a lot of other people around. And I had my phone out in a very loose, casual manner. Like I had it in one hand, I was holding it lightly, you know, and I'm playing this game and I'm completely kind of out to lunch about my surroundings, which is a big no-no in any big city really, but especially New York City, um, you just want to keep aware of your surroundings, <laughs> you know, just so you know what's up, what's going on. Yeah. Um, and this guy, it was it was one of those things where like it happened so fast my brain doesn't actually like if you saw a film of what my eyes saw it would just be like a blur but what happened was uh somebody was sitting on another bench and they just they saw that i was holding my phone lightly and they ran over and grabbed it out of my hand and just ran full speed up up the stairs you know across mm -hmm. the station upstairs and out on the street mm -hmm. and like before i could even like register what happened he i couldn't even see him anymore like yeah, i just barely yeah. caught like the blurry shadow yeah, yeah. and of course i was upset and you know like potentially gonna have to buy a brand new phone which you know even back then this was like 2000 i don't know nine ten something like that i mean still very expensive several hundred dollars you know so not happy about that um, but I reported it to the police. I figured in New York City, like a stolen phone, like this is just, just yeah, yeah. off. That's like in the water. I will right never see it again. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's like, it's, it's a significant loss. So I was like, I might as well report it just in case, you know, whatever. And so a few days later, um, I was, I had a roommate at that point and my, my roommate, I, either my roommate or I got a phone call and, um, I don't remember which one of us picked up, but it was a detective from the NYPD. Mm -hmm. And he said, uh, you know, we got your report and uh, we'd like to send a couple of detectives over to interview you if you don't mind. And I don't know if it was me and my roommate, but they said, sure. So they came over and it turned out there had been a, a, a string of these incidents, all very similar. So they thought it was the same person and he had stolen at that point like probably about 10 or 12 phones so it was in felony territory because it was like you know okay. five or six thousand dollars worth of phones at that point yeah. and they thought he had some sort of like um you know he had some sort of arrangement with somebody at like a shady phone dealer where they were like you know taking the oh, sim wow. card out or something whatever yeah. but anyway um sorry this story's gone on so long but the day that the the two NYP, so I'm sitting in my apartment and we know that the detectives are on their way. So like the doorbell rings, we, we buzz them up. And I've been watching Law and Order, which is like one of my favorite shows on television <laughs> for years. And like, like I watch the regular Law and Order, I watch SVU, like I watch Great. Girl in the Tent, like I just love that whole series. 
And whenever I watch that show, I'm always like super happy because it's just like, I don't know what it is. It's just like, I love the show. And like when the two detectives sit down and they start asking me questions, it was so weird. Like I had to hide my emotion because the appropriate emotion to show is like being upset that yeah. my phone was stolen. But what I was feeling is like, I was at fricking Disney world living my dream. Like, I'm like, cause they were straight up. Like oh, wow. it was a, te it's a testament to how realistic apparently law and order is because they, <laughs> these were real detectives and yeah. they acted exactly like you would want them to act on the uh. show. And I, I'm like, I'm in the scene. Like I'm on freaking law and order right now. Like it's real. It's like, Oh my gosh. And they had the, um, like they, you know, there's, the accents in New York are all over the place because people move there from from wherever. But yeah. uh, but both these guys had like, wow, like perfect like New York accents. <laughs> like they, it's like they'd worked with a dialect coach for a oh film. Oh my yeah. gosh! They're like, no, we're the real deal. <laughs> yeah. And um, I just remember kind of like laughing to myself afterwards because on the way out, one of the one of the two detectives said, "Thanks, thanks for being so helpful. Like you're really." You know, a lot of people don't like to talk about this stuff. And you were really kind of like forthcoming with all the information. We really appreciate that. That makes our job easier. And oh, I, I had to be like, oh, you're welcome. And it, like inside, I was like, dude, come back anytime. This was amazing. <laughs> oh, my God. So, I mean, That's a great story. Did you ever get your phone back? I did not get it back, you know, I mean, yeah, to, to tell the story is really frustrating because they did catch the guy and I believe okay. he did go to jail, but it was really frustrating because uh, they called me and said, we have a, we've, we've apprehended someone we believe might be the, uh, the thief. Um, we want you to come down to the station and just look at an array of photos. Okay. And it was one of those super, and, and this is another scene that happens in Law, War, Law and Order all the time. And oh like, my it's so frustrating because on Law and Order, if the person's like, well, I think it's this guy, but I'm not sure. The cops yeah. are like, ah, oh, our case is blown. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I'm going down there. I'm like, I didn't get a good look at this guy. I'm going to yeah, be yeah. that annoying yeah, witness yeah. <laughs> on the show who didn't get a good look at him. <laughs> And they sh the one there's only one guy there, and he shows me the photo array, and there was one guy on there that I thought looked kind of like the guy, but I was mm -hmm. like, you know, I take that stuff seriously. I'm a very honest person, and I'm not going to send a you know get an innocent person to jail. So I was like, well, I think it's that guy. And he's like, how sure are you? And I was like, mm, well, like I don't remember what I said, but I think I said like forty mm, percent. And he's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I think they had enough. I think I heard somewhere afterwards they contacted me and they had enough positive IDs from other people that they did. The correct person was put in jail for that. But uh, oh man, yeah. so that's so law of attraction. Like yeah, there was yeah, something yeah. you had this every time you watch Law and Order, yeah. you had this strong desire to have these experiences, yeah. and then law of attraction brought it to you. Let me ask you this: so having lived it all. Yeah. If someone was to come to say to you, Colin, we're going to, we will be able to set this up for you. You're going to have these experiences mm -hmm. like you have, yeah. you know, you see on law, on law and order. The only thing is you're going to, the price, the price you're going to have to pay is we're going to take your phone and you're never going to see it again. I would what have, choose? in hindsight, I would hold my phone even more lightly and I would hold it out like this <laughs> so that 
the guy could take it easier. Okay. So you would give up your phone to help. <laughs> it's okay. funny. I've never thought about it that way. But now that I tell the whole story, I, I am so glad that dude stole my phone. Like it was, <laughs> I'll remember, I will remember that those uh, two NYPD detectives, those two awesome detectives interviewing me in my, in that apartment for the rest of my life. Like it yeah, was one of the yeah, highlights of my life. Yeah. Honestly. That's well, that's, I think that's even, well, it's up there with my Grauman's Chinese theater experience. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, the reason that I brought up the um, the Chinese theater story of yours is because we've been, uh, you know, like any desperate podcast and YouTube channel, we're just finding trying to find ways to get views and clicks because that's all we care about. And um, oh, I was someone telling put Brahmin's Chinese theater in. Uh... <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, because in the bathroom at the Chinese theater. <gasps> you wanted me to tell the whole story. Yes. Okay okay all right so In this way we'll get all of the fans of that a-list i have click on this video since my well <laughs> the first time i won something i would think i was like 10 and i won a bunch of albums columbia albums and then it wasn't until i was i was in my early early and mid 20s that I started winning things on the radio again mm -hmm. and um the local radio station was giving away speed this is how long ago it was the movie speed with Keanu Reeves and um and so they were going to have a premiere down in San Diego <clears throat> so I won the tickets to that so anyone who won tickets to the premiere in San Diego automatically got into a hopper to win the big prize of getting a limo ride from San Diego all the way to Grauman's and seeing the actual premiere of Speed at Grauman's Chinese Theater. And so I was excited, like, oh my God, I have this possibility of going. And so they were going to call the, the winner on Monday morning. And sure enough, I listened to the radio. <laughs> and so I, I couldn't get the day off from work, the whole day off, but I, I could go in, sort mail that morning and then get the rest of them. So I invited my friend, Christine, Christina, and they pick us me up. She's there at the at my condo. They pick us up in the limo. We go up there, and we just as you see on TV, the red carpet, people being roped off. There's people standing there cheering. The limo driver gets out. He opens up the car door for us. We both have sunglasses on. I don't know why we're getting out of the car with sunglasses on. He opens up the car, and people lose their stuff. They're screaming and yelling, and I'm like, "What the heck? Like we're no one, right?" So we walk down the red carpet and we go in and I don't realize this, but there's a bunch of industry people in there. So I'm sitting next to people and they show the first scene. I think it's an elevator scene. And I hear these whispers. Oh, that's so-and-so. I'm like, what the heck? So um, they showed the movie in two clips. So they showed half of it. Then we took a break and we go into the restroom, of course. And um, Christine and I are standing in line and she goes, there's this woman. Um, I think she comes out of the restroom. She goes, do you know that that's that's Sandra Bullock and I'm like what I'm like oh my god and she's wearing like this white outfit looked like she had just gone and played tennis or something that day but it was dirty she had like, like a spot on her shirt and I'm like oh my god what the heck so we um and we heard murmurs that Keanu Reeves never showed up I don't know so we go back and we watch the rest of the movie and then they show the credits and people are cheering left and right because they know everyone in the film, you know, all these people who work behind the scenes. And so um, the sound system in the Garmin's Chinese theater is amazing. So I actually saw Sandra Bullock um, before she became famous. So didn't get to see Keanu Reeves, who I, I really wanted to see, but 
yeah, I mean, <laughs> apparently I had really good vibration. Well, with the winning stuff, I had this strong belief that I could win. And that's the, I think that looking back on it, you know, hindsight is 2020. I think that's why I always won. And then I kept trying because there were a lot of times I didn't win. Well, the other thing about that story though, is that to me, like you had to be in a positive vibration uh, to win originally on the radio way before yeah. the actual yeah. event. And I really wanted to see that movie. So I was excited about oh, okay. winning some tickets. So I was so, like, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to talk. Then the, oh my evening, God. the evening itself, as it progresses, like you're getting picked up in the limo. Yeah. It was you know, awesome. again, you, oh my God. I feel so awesome. Then you get to the theater and you're walking the red carpet. It's like, Oh my God, this is amazing. Yeah, yeah. I actually had that experience. People just yelling and screaming. <laughs> I mean, at that point, me, it, getting makes, out of the car. <laughs> it makes total sense that, you know, you would have seen you know, a movie star just as like an aside. Whereas like, if somebody was like, oh my God, I'm such a huge Sandra Bullock fan and I, I, I have to meet her, but I, there's probably no way I can do it. Like that person would never meet Sandra Bullock because they don't believe it's possible, but yeah, you weren't yeah. even trying and you're like, oh, I, go I felt good oh, hey, just got hey, better. Sandra Bullock. <laughs> this makes me want to tell my, another story i don't know if there's a law of attraction aspect to this well there is oh my god there is no nice. i never thought about it in this terms but i have to tell you this story so one day i was in new york i was living in new york city and i had the day off um on like a wednesday and like one of my favorite things to do ever has always been to go to the movie theater when no one else will be there which is super challenging in New York City because there's 10 million people and they're always <laughs> But it was a Wednesday and I was like, man, if I go to like the noon matinee of something, like it's not going to be empty, but it's going to be as close to empty as New York City gets. So I'm, I'm going to go. So I go to the Lowe's Theater um, just north of Union Square, like 17th and 6th or something like that. And um, I forget what movie I was going to go see. But um, I get in line that they have a ticket booth that faces the street right so i get in line and there's this guy with a dark short dark curly hair right in front of me about my height and he turns around and it's the actor adrian grenier who was the oh my gosh um yeah oh that show on hbo that i'm blanking on the title of that's terrible Um, entourage entourage but he's been in a whole bunch of stuff but that was when he was on and um he at one point he he did that thing that you do when you're standing in line you know you're just like looking around and he turned around and looked and i don't think he knew he had anybody behind him and he took around turned around and looked me right in the eye and i had this moment of like that's a drinker dear you know like <laughs> i was not expecting that yeah and he had this thing that i'm assuming a lot of celebrities must go through all the time if they ever try to go out in public which is oh no does he recognize me and how are we going to handle that? Is it going to be awkward? Is it, you know, whatever. And I didn't say anything, but I was clearly like, not I know who you are. Yeah. I was not cool <laughs> at all. I, I probably, my facial expression and apologies to the audio listeners, but it was something probably like, like that, which is just like trying to be cool and looking like the opposite of cool. Yeah. So he turns back around and and he gets his ticket and he's with a female friend or something and he goes in and i get my ticket and i'm like 
okay, well, what I'm going to, that I, and I felt super uncomfortable and a lot of people would be like, oh, you should try to talk to him and get his autograph. Like at that point I was the opposite. I was like, I'm here to relax and see a movie. I don't want to make this guy uncomfortable. Like he, because I'm assuming also, I have no idea, but I'm assuming celebrities like that, knowing that they can be recognized in a big public area like that, they want to go on a Wednesday at noon because they assume there's yeah. going to be a lot of people. Like, look, we're, we're here for the same reason to yeah. have nobody know we're here. So I'm not going to bug him. So I get inside and I want to get, I haven't eaten lunch yet. So I want to get some nachos. Um, so I get in line and then there's another line to, to my right and Adrian Grenier is in line for nachos also. <laughs> and so, and no one else seems to recognize him at all. Everyone else is totally chill as if nobody else is there. And I'm kind of like trying, I'm trying super hard not to look <laughs> over, but it's, but there's that curiosity, you know, it's yeah, like, oh, sure. but it's blue. And I was like, yeah. every now and then, and like, you know, so the first time I look over, he's not looking at me. The second time he, he looks back at me again and gives me this look of like, are you going to be weird? Like, and I, I'm like, no, no, not going to be weird. Not going to be weird. And I'm just at that point, I'm like, oh my God, like uh, once we get these nachos taken care of, I hope to God, like we're seeing different movies. Like we just, this is awful. But what I now realize in telling the story is from a law of attraction perspective, I was like, please don't let me bump into Adrian Grenier again. Please don't. This is so uncomfortable. <laughs> I, I really was uncomfortable bumping into Adrian Grenier. Please don't have it happen again. And of course, what I'm focusing on is the thing, right? Like, and I wonder if he was doing the same thing. I don't want to Maybe it there. could have been a co-creation nightmare. Like, it sure was. A little co-creation nightmare in the, oh my gosh. <laughs> in the lows on 17th Street. So anyway... So I go in, I get my nachos, Adrian Grenier gets his nachos or whatever he got, his snack. And, you know, he kind of moves away and we lose track of each other. And I'm like, oh, good. And I go in and I sit in the movie theater and I find a seat and there's not that many people in there. And it's dark, like they've already dimmed the lights for some reason. So I don't see Adrian Grenier anyway. So I'm like, oh, thank goodness. But I, then I realize I'm super early and I need to use the restroom. So I put my nachos, you know, on the seat next to me and I get up and I go to the restaurant. <laughs> and the reason I didn't see Adrian Grenier anywhere in the, like, the between the theaters or in the theater is because Adrian Grenier was in the restaurant. <laughs> and as I walk in, he comes out of a stall. Oh my God. And, and it's like deer in the fucking headlights again. It's like, we're looking right. There's no option other than look right that at each hilarious. other. And again, he gives me an even more dire kind of like, like, are you stalking me kind of thing? Oh and I'm like, God. dude, I swear to like in my eyes, I'm trying to communicate like, dude, I don't want to bump into you. <laughs> oh my this, God. Is, this is my worst nightmare. It's getting worse. <sighs> I'm so sorry. Like my apologies, whatever. Anyway. So, uh, so he washes his hands and, and leaves and I do my business after that. And I wash my hands and leave and I go, well, at least as far as I know, he's not, we're not watching the same movie. So I go back to my seat and, um, uh, I'm sitting there and there's no Adrian Grenier anywhere around. I'm like, Oh, thank goodness. And then, like right before the 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 uh, previews start, this couple comes right down the aisle, <laughs> and they're it's dark, so they can't see faces. 
And so they sit right in front of me on no. the right side aisle. And it's Adrian Grenier and his female. No. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my God. And this time so, he sat in front of you. Yeah. Oh my God. And didn't so and I don't honestly don't think knew because it was dark and whatever. So like he never turned around again, thank God. But I was like, like Did you the get whole up and move? movie. Um, I didn't because I was worried that if I moved, he would see you. It would, yeah, because he was yeah. literally there were not that many people, and he was yeah. right in front of me, and I was like, right. oh, if okay. I move, like he yeah. might be like, oh, why, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, that you guys just wrote a script for Entourage. Did you know that? Oh my god. Oh, that is hilarious. Yeah. I never thought about the law of attraction aspect of that, but it's so clear because when the first time he turned around in the line, the ticket line, yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt so awful. And I just remember thinking like, oh God, please let me not like, let's yeah. avoid each other. Let's have this not happen. I don't want this to happen. I don't want this to happen. Oh and then all we, all we did was create it again and again and again. <laughs> See, because that was your focus and that yeah. was your emotion. That's what you kept attracting. So whether we yeah. want it or not, it's about our emotion yeah. and our thoughts, what yeah. we're focused on. And that is a perfect example of attracting and allowing something you didn't want so i guess the title of this episode you is you're a badass like, allower colin yeah apparently <laughs> i guess the title of this episode is something like uh, why i couldn't quit adrian grenier at the movies <laughs> or something <laughs> anyway. oh, that was what you focus on yeah. you attract yes <laughs> Whether you want it or not, you are a powerful manifester. The universe right? will make it happen, baby. Yeah, law of attraction <laughs> is always responding to your focus. Oh, man. Well, um, thank you so much for joining this discussion today. I hope you enjoyed the uh, the true Hollywood stories version of uh, Co-Creation Station. <laughs> there you uh, go. That's the, that's the title. <laughs> the real Hollywood stories. <laughs> yeah. Um, remember we're posting a brand new episode for you every monday morning at this point we truly appreciate you doing whatever your platform allows you to do to support us um all our social media links and our email address are down in the doodly doo description of the youtube version below we wish you a happy and abundant week and remember what you focus on you attract and we look forward to you uh joining us next time on the next episode of co-creation station have a great week everybody bye